Jimbo has been an urban missionary and evangelist for the last 13 years. Um, he's going to tell his story, so I won't tell you much other than he's currently the director and founder of Christ Satisfies Ministries in Tampa, Florida. Uh, he and his wife, Anne, have four children, um, Titus, Phoebe, Jude, and Hadassah. Um, he's a dear friend and brother and a lover of our Lord Jesus. Please give a warm Scots welcome to Jimbo Mullen. You guys are easily pleased. That's encouraging. Pray with me. Commit to the Lord whatever you do and your plans will succeed. Lord, bless our time in Jesus' name. Amen. Quick testimony, foundation, context. I uh, grew up in a broken home. My blood father was a wife abuser and always carried a gun. He was a cop and a fireman and always uh, was very violent and nasty. Busted my mom's nose three times. Um, committed adultery repetitively. She got divorced. Step-papa raised us, my brother and I. He was two years older. Sister, four years older. My brother started selling cocaine in large amounts, a couple keys a week, when he was 16. They introduced me to the big pot dealer when I was uh, 15. And uh, we thought we were all that in Simi Valley, California. We were uh, selling our dope and uh, doing our drugs and living as pagans in this world, which is all we knew at the time, until somebody came to our house and ruined our whole party, the SWAT team. Praise the Lord. And uh, things changed. I, uh, my brother went to jail for a year. I um, was at a product at the time when they came in, so they slapped my hand. But uh, my brother used to pick on me. And he's a big guy like me. And I knew that when he came out of jail, he'd probably pick on me more. So I, uh, I didn't want that to happen. So I started martial arts. It became my new little G, God. I went nuts with karate and spent six days a week, sometimes seven, just working out ballistically. I abused it and just loved the power behind that. Um, I started becoming a bouncer and abusing it in the nightclubs. I would uh, drink a shot of tequila, smoke a joint, and start my night as the bouncer looking for people to disrespect me. I loved choking people out, dropping them on their face when they got outside the nightclub. It was a very, I was a very vile, wicked man that loved my sin. Um, I started fighting in the ring in God's providence. That changed my direction a little bit and uh, started a little more positive angle. And uh, I did really well. I became the undisputed heavyweight champion in the amateurs. I turned professional, did professional boxing, 16 fights, professional heavyweight boxer. Then um, got plugged into the UFC, fought in the UFC in its early days. And I got humbled. It was good for me. <laughs> First time I ever thought my eyes were going to pop out of my head. <laughs> that was terrible. Anyway. <laughs> and then, then I went back uh, to my pro kickboxing. And I got invited to fight for the world title at the Los Angeles Forum in what's called DRACA. And that's uh, all the Western boxing with, uh, with, of course, the spinning back fist. Boom. And then, 
and then all the leg kicks and all the kicks. And then when you get in tight, you can judo throw. You take the guy down. And uh, that's what I do now. Since I can't move so good, I just make the noise. Uh. <laughs> so, so I ended up uh, winning the world title twice. <clears throat> right around that time. Oh, Praise the Lord. But I have something better to tell you. Right around that time, I was invited to something called Promise Keepers. Billy Graham type of massive stadium event. And I went there, and uh, I got told by the grace of God that Jesus said in Luke eleven twenty three, he who is not with me is against me. And he who does not gather with me scatters. I was cut to the heart. And I believed at that moment that Jesus really died for my sins and really rose from the grave to conquer death for my resurrection someday and has been exalted to the highest place to save my soul and put my trust in Jesus that day. And the Spirit of God, of course, enabled me to do that and was in my heart now. And I had a, a new direction in life. Now I wanted to fight for his glory. Yes. So when you see on YouTube, Jimbo Mullen, Greatest Hits, uh, you can do one and two. The number two shows the world title fight, and you'll see me praising the Lord. Oh, praise Jesus, praise Jesus all over the place. That's pretty news, Ellis Christian, it was a blessing. I got plugged in under John MacArthur. That's where I lived out there, and it was a real blessing. I met uh, my wife there, and we both got grounded in some essential um, saving doctrines, great sanctifying doctrines, and... Um, and then I moved out to Minnesota to be under John Piper. My wife and I graduated the Bethlehem Institute. And then we're thinking, okay, Lord, now what? We were thinking Zambia, foreign missions to the AIDS orphans. But the uh, Lord was changing our hearts, showing us the great need in the inner city. So we prayed, and I told my sweetie poo. I said, sweetie poo. I said, I want to be in a neighborhood where the people are wicked and they know they're wicked so we could be shining lights in a dark place. So we moved into North Minneapolis, the, probably the worst uh, neighborhood in the state. And uh, in God's providence, my wife had a list of all these things she wanted in a house. And, uh, you know, we found that house. And we went to church the next day at, you know, Bethlehem and the Piper there. And we told our friend, and she goes, I go, yeah, it's on 26th and James, right there. And she, she, turned, she turned pale. She goes, oh, you got a house on that corner? That's the worst corner in the state. <laughs> she goes, there were three murders there last year. So anyway, so it's perfect, right? <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, you know, my wife's, oh. So quick story, we were uh, getting ready to move in. My wife believed we were called there and really believed that uh, the Lord would use us for his glory with his gospel, right? Because the gospel is, help me, the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. Romans 1.16, 1 Corinthians 1.18. The wisdom of this world is foolishness in God's sight. But to us who are being saved, the gospel is the power of God. Wow. So I knew that God would use his gospel in this neighborhood. So we're transitioning now, getting ready to move. And uh, my wife's packing the boxes, you know. And we have two babies, another one coming. My wife's packing the boxes, and she's just weeping. 
she's, she was an actress. So when they study acting, they, you know, visualize and present the imaginary situation as reality. So she's living out, you know, her head and her children's heads being exploded by a bullet from the gangsters, you know, and she's packing her stuff. But I'm like, sweetie, what's wrong? So oh, I'm fine. I know we need to go, you know. <laughs> I'm like, that's it. We need to get in the car. So we got in the car. Went over to the house, which we were preparing to move in, and I had already started building a relationship with Pinky. He was a drug dealer across the street, and all his friends. And then uh, Pinky's right here across from us, and then right here is another corner. It's the store where all the drug dealers would sell and the gang would hang out. And right out our back window, you could see this one. And uh, so we pulled up to the house where Pinky was, and I flew open the van doors and all the doors. And I said, Pinky! I said, I want you to come meet my family. He's like, oh, okay. And he came over and he met my wife and he met my kids. And, and my wife really got to see that, you know, these are people with moms and brothers and sisters and children. And God really used that to encourage her heart and soften her heart. And uh, so we, we move in to the war zone. And uh, we were there for about two weeks, and it was very clear that, you know, with all the activity going on, prostitutes walking up and down the street, soliciting my friends who were meeting for me in discipleship in the mornings. I'm like, ah, Lord, what are you doing? So we got, uh, we got the gang corner right in back, and it's highly active. I come home one day. Um, I had retired from fighting, and I, had, uh, I got a medical assistant. I was doing medical assistant phlebotomist work. <clears throat> came home and I was heavy on my heart because it was just after winter and everybody's on the streets it seemed like everybody drug dealers are out in the corner two of them gangs over here watching them guarding them um, so I come home tell my sweetie sweetie I'm going out to evangelize honey how long till dinner she goes huh 45 minutes I said praise the Lord so <laughs> my wife's real bellow too she said okay you know okay <laughs> so so I, I changed my scrubs, so I get out there, and I had been, because of my fighting career, I don't memorize scripture anymore like, like I should, you know, it's harder for me, so I put it in song format, and it's easier. So that day at the clinic, I was uh, memorizing Psalm 66, 18 through 20. If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened, but God has surely listened and heard my voice in prayer. Praise be to God who has not rejected my prayer or withheld his love from me. Psalm 66, 18 through 20. So I was memorizing that one through the day. So I hit out on the street. I look at the corner with the gangbangers. There's two on the corner. Uh, excuse me, the drug dealers. There's two on the corner. I walk over there. I was singing this song. I had never done this before. I've only done it once since. I go to the corner, I'm singing, and I go to the corner where they're, you know, dealing, and the one gangster wouldn't even look at me. He's looking at my feet and growling. He was just angry at me. And the other guy's like, hey, how's it going? I have faith. And I'm like, wow, you know, I'm talking to him. And then, <laughs> and then a car pulled up to a deal, and he went and did his deal, you know. So, so I started singing again, and I'm on the corner singing unto the Lord, Bible verses. And the, and the gang's over here watching their drug dealing guys going on. And, and uh, you know, all the, the drug dealers were doing their thing. And I'm singing unto the Lord. Must have been 
20 minutes of just enjoying the Lord. I'm singing gospel songs. You know, are you washed in the blood? Right? Just powerful gospel songs. And the gang was all listening. And all of a sudden, some guy comes walking down the street. And he went like he was going to walk to the store. And he goes, boom! And he hit me. And he hit me hard. <laughs> and I flashed out, which means I got knocked out for a split second. And, and I came back too. Thankfully, I didn't fall down. And he's puffed up in front of me, and he sort of laughs and goes to walk to the store. And, and something was heavy on my heart going into this. You hear stories of missionaries getting in trouble and running away, right? Because they're a little trouble. So I'm like, we're staying here for your glory, Lord, of these people. So I said to the guy, probably shouldn't have. But I said to the guy, where are you going? I'm here for Jesus. Well, he turned around and came back. He started to pummel me. He tried to pummel me. I got him in the Muay Thai hold up behind his neck just to control him a bit, you know, so he wouldn't kill me. And I'm holding him, trying to preach to him in his ear. Jesus is going to damn you and let you repent and trust him, right? So, didn't, didn't work. So, so this guy's trying to pound me and the gang's now surrounding us. And the, the, the gangster selling drugs who wouldn't look at me, who was angry, he came running up. And he started screaming at the guy who was attacking me. Let him go! Leave him alone! We need this guy! We need the gospel! I'm like, what? Yeah. 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 Uh, yes, Lord! Right? Thank you, Lord! So he continued to rebuke the guy, and finally the guy tells me, let me go! Like, okay, I'll let you go. Got him off me. He stumbled over to the store, came back out a couple minutes later, and uh, tried to beat me up again. <laughs> praise the Lord for the Muay Thai holes. <laughs> so, uh, praise the Lord. By that time, my wife had been looking out the window and thought I was getting killed, right? So she called the cops. Police pulled up. Put him in the car, and the cop gets out and says, You want to press charges? <laughs> in front of the gang, right? So I definitely want him to know that if he doesn't repent and trust Jesus, Jesus is going to damn him. Would you tell him that? <laughs> no, he said. He said, But you can. I said, Oh, praise the Lord. So I got to go over and I got to share with him. And uh, then I sat out on the, the corner steps there, and Abel, a gangster, who was uh, first real angry at me, sat down with me and came and started talking to me. By God's grace, God used that scary, hard moment to show the gang that we were there because we loved them. I started setting up a little table right there at the corner store. Even though it was Muslim-owned, God moved their hearts because of the gang problem to let me set up a gospel table to give out Bibles and tracts and videos and CDs and DVDs. It's a great blessing. How much time do I have, brother? Good? Ten? So, so after about six months of, of being there on the corner and witnessing to the gangsters, all of them one time or another sat down at my table. There was two or three chairs there. And I got to share with them. 
The leader, his name was Trouble. Antonio's his real name. But just a, a little dude, but uh, hardcore. Um, I came driving up to the corner one day, the gang corner, getting ready to set up my table, and the guys were all bummed out. They were just tripping. And I said, guys, what's wrong? And they said, you didn't hear? I said, what? They said, Trouble got shot last night on the corner right here in the chest. I said, what? You know, I love this young man. And he said, he's in the hospital. And I said, well, I'm going to go see him. And they said, can we go? I said, praise the Lord, get in. So they got in, and we went over to see Trouble. And uh, he went in the, the hospital there and just, just go to his room. All of a sudden, there's duckies on the wall and everything. This hardcore gangster that's executing people and being shot and selling drugs is a child. In the, in the children's ward. He's not even 18 years old. It just broke my heart to bring back the humanity of this precious young man who's made wrong choices. So by God's grace, I got to pray with him and the whole gang in there and his whole family in his room, sharing the gospel in depth through prayer. Oh, you can, come on, guys. Ooh. And then I got to take the whole gang out to lunch and share the gospel with them. And by the grace of God, after five and a half years of being there, um, that gang no longer existed and prostitution in the community had almost ceased. God. God, with the power of his gospel, and prayer, and by his grace, courageous evangelism, changed radical things and radical hearts in that community. Uh, we adopted a son uh, through the ministry, and his parents were both um, hardcore druggies, and uh, they both went back to prison and had this six-year-old staring at me like, what, what are you going to do? I remember the scripture that came to mind was, True religion is that which cares for widows and orphans in their time of need. I'm like, okay, Lord. So we brought him home and uh, ended up adopting him. And for his safety and his well-being, we moved down to Florida. And uh, by the grace of God, we headed up our ministry now in, in Tampa, Florida, with volunteers continuing up in the Twin Cities. And uh, by the grace of God, I got connected with uh, Westminster Presbyterian Church. And uh, after ministering in College Hill, the worst neighborhood down in Tampa that we could find. <laughs> I was moving down there, I googled, where do I not want to go because of gangbangers and drug dealers? College Hill, it said. So, been ministering there for four years, praise the Lord. And uh, now we planted a church there. We planted a church there, we've had uh, since May 20th, and uh, basically it's a scratch church plant. We go and we preach the word of God. Uh, we minister through prayer, through proclamation of the truth and uh, by the grace of God he's saving souls and changing hearts and sanctifying saints we have our sister churches supporting us one of the young men who's uh, been saved from the community through the evangelism and such he comes up now and he reads from the scriptures and uh, he's just precious he, uh, he was across the street at the store and he came out of the store one day and boom hip his uh, thigh got exploded by a bullet. And, uh, you know, just the wrong place at the wrong time in that neighborhood. 
<clears throat> that was about a year ago, so he's doing better now. Don't worry. It's a hard life there. Uh, there's a little... We need um, a permanent place. We're in an open, covered pavilion on Sundays. We rent it out. But uh, on that same corner, which is the busy corner in College Hill, Tampa, uh, there's a car wash building, which the rental owner guy just got executed there recently. So God's providence, it's open now for us to rent. So we're trying to, uh, to get that so that I can have an office and a place for prayer and Bible study um, and a more of a permanent uh, presence in the community. So if you would pray that God would do great things through that, I would appreciate it. Um, before I close, I want to uh, just share three keys that have changed my life and others and given me um, means to be empowered, to be faithful to this ministry. Um, the gospel is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. The Holy Spirit works in and through the gospel. I grow in my understanding and love and faith and obedience through the gospel. I know you know this, guys. But the more word of God you have in your heart, the more Holy Spirit power you are going to have to live out the truth. Can I get an amen? amen. Two, that is what faith looks like, leaning on his understanding. So if you want strong faith, you're going to have to get more gospel, more truth in your hearts, guys. I know it's hard. It's hard to read. It's hard to memorize. You got to do it, guys, if you want to be used of God. And the last thing is prayer. The more you pray, the more these truths are not just going to sit in your minds, but they're going to pierce your affections. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit is going to create holy emotions in you to make you more like Christ. So pray and, and meditate and pursue this gospel. Would you, friends? Would you, friends? Yeah. Amen. Let, let's pray together. I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. First for the Jew, then for the Gentile. Oh Lord, thank you that your gospel is Holy Spirit inspired and empowered. It is saving God. It is sanctifying the saving good news of the person, offices, and work of Jesus Christ. We adore God. Help us get to know you through your gospel more, Father. Help us memorize and meditate and ponder and pray your gospel more and more. And through that, Lord God, Help us share your glory with others. Lord, work in us and through us, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.